What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hola y bienvenidos a la Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Barrios y presidente de su mejor cerveza. No Abate Porno Filter Network. Will the Thrill Clark not with us right now? I got to call him after the show. We'll see if we're doing a deuce as well tonight. But Miguelito San Diego not with us either. As we like to do each and every single morning when we come on here, we want to properly not only salute our boys and not only salute John Davis, Collierville, Tennessee in the chat. I want to salute each and every one of you. Yes, 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 yes. Little hunter pants, fingers. Whoo, and what a way to kick off the week. Yes, I do realize it is Tuesday, the 23rd day of January, not Monday, the 22nd. That was yesterday. And I was still in Mexico. Went down there with eight guys. What a fucking trip. No other way to put it. We went to Chileno Bay. And I'm not sure how many, if any, of you daily hustlers have ever been there. It is magical. There's no other way to describe it. I've heard a lot about it. You're always a little skeptical. I don't think skeptical is the right word. But you're like, yeah, I'm sure it's cool, but how great could it be? I mean, it's Cabo. Like, I don't know. You got some beach toys. You got the ocean. You get some pickleball. But it was so incredibly next level. I am taken aback. You could see how and why it is one of the premier destinations of the stars and me just a guest happy to be there what a awesome experience so thank you uh uncle jesse for that one <clears throat> that's a uh, jesse v by the way anyhow all right uh let's not forget our title sponsor here bet online your number one online betting destination i do not have a script in front of me because I don't fucking need one. The bottom line is this. Bet online. Go there now. Get all of your latest news, odds, scores, and predictions. The NFL playoffs beyond full swing now. This is NFC and AFC Championship weekend coming up. Then we got the Super Bowl. We got Joel Embiid scoring 70 last night. NBA is Firing NBA action, as you guys know, it's fantastic. Go to Bet Online, lay your action 
get all the info you need to get and fire away. But do not forget to use the promo code believe capital B L E A V to get 50% off your first deposit. Bet online where the game begins. Look, I did Leslie. So Leslie Short, fantastic. Um, I don't know what you're going to call her. Uh, we call her Director of Operations, No Filter Network, but just sort of the DFE since the creation of the platform. So she sent me a couple different strips. Leslie, go back to the guys over at Bet Online and tell them I don't need one. That that read right there, El Natural, is just fucking fantastic. As is KT Tape. Here we go. Yes. The science on this stuff is simple. You put it on, it lifts the skin, promotes blood flow to the area, reduces inflammation, and inevitably reduces pain. KT Tape at the promo code in the upper right-hand corner, my left-hand corner, and I don't know if there's any discounts or anything there, but get yourself some tape and support the show. And then lastly, try Verge. Look, uh, this is my guy, Jory. They have a brand-new formula. It's lemon, cannabis, ginger, I don't know what they changed with it. I actually haven't even opened up that box. It's sitting out front, Jory. But I do know this. After four days of sucking down tequila to coffee to tequila to coffee to tequila to coffee, as you can tell, my throat's a little... So, not only is this great for the energy, sustained energy through the course of the day, it is soothing on the throat. Cheers. Okay. So, anyhow, the pickleball was fantastic in Mexico. The experience is next level. I just sent a text to the commitment group, which is there's, I think, four of us on it childhood friends and loyal daily hustler RTL. And I said, look, just got back to Mexico. Find yourself, and this is my first, like, my, my recommendation for anybody, because I was so resistant to go. You don't, there's so much shit to do here on a daily basis, whether it's just with the writing and the daily hustle and the podcast, with the build out and no filter and meetings and everything. It's just one thing after another. And it's, that's not a terrible thing. I like being busy. I'm grateful for the opportunity for that. But every now and again, you got to unplug. You got to recharge. And it's almost like the analogy, and I've heard this before, but the computer that's not working perfectly. You unplug, you recharge, turn the thing off and on, and then you go. So that was what Mexico was for me. As you noticed this morning, I'm wearing a Buffalo Bills hat. The reason being... These colors don't fucking bleed. Everybody can go ahead with all their jokes and wide right and all the other bullshit. Look, the bottom line is this. When I was a kid, I fell in love with the red helmets. 
And I was mesmerized by the fact that every time there was a Buffalo Bills game on TV, I was just fascinated with everything about them. And they sucked. They were terrible. Didn't matter to me. I turned the TV on. I watched the Bills. And I root for the Bills. And then Jim Kelly got drafted by the Bills. If you guys remember, Jim Kelly didn't sign with the Bills. He went to Houston. I was still a little young to kind of understand all this. And I didn't really know who the fuck Jim Kelly was. I mean, University of Miami quarterback. And, you know, I followed whatever. But I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't so detailed on the players. It just was one of those things. I'm a fan. I'm a kid. Well, that was when I was a little bit younger then. As the USFL folded and Jim Kelly came on, the Bills got good. Like, really, really fucking good. And obviously... Ended up winning four consecutive AFC championships, went to the Super Bowl, lost all four times. You could try to tell me over and over and over again, oh, the Bills, and make all the jokes and all the bullshit. The Bills going to four straight Super Bowls, to me, is more impressive than even winning back-to-back Super Bowls. I'm not kidding you. To dominate. The AFC, the way they did, they were one of the most electric teams in football. And I said this about the Warriors. Ironically, pretty soon before they went on their championship runs with Steph Curry. And I think this is going to happen. I believe this is going to happen with Josh Allen. Now, look, I don't have a crystal ball. It's tough to make these crazy, bold predictions and whatever else. And, you know, emotionally speaking, though, I truly believe that this is a fan base and a team that will figure out whatever it is that they have to do to put them over the top. Baltimore's fucking tough. I, and I say Baltimore, not in Kansas City, but if they had gotten by Kansas City and shit worked out for them in this you know, last game, I think they would have been up against it. I don't know what the spread would have been, probably like three and a half, which is what it is against the Chiefs. That would have been a very difficult game for them to win. Now, if they were to get past that and assuming the 49ers win and get to the Super Bowl, that again would have been very difficult. And ultimately in Buffalo, like, what are they looking to do? They're looking to win the fucking Super Bowl. So I would just like to send a message to Bills fans, I think at this point, look, let's take a step back right now. That one hurt. It did. I, I watched it. You know, obviously it was in Mexico and we were in the men's locker room at Chileno Bay. I, I can't even describe what this thing is like. It's like cold plunge, two hot tubs. You're outside. The most ridiculous food you could imagine. The greatest bartender. I mean, just everything about it. They have, the steam rooms, the salt rooms, the saunas. Uh, the big screen was the size of this wall behind me. But I I feel like this wasn't a Super Bowl winning team. And you could tell there's, you know, right in the middle of what they, they fire Ken Dorsey, their offensive coordinator, and they bring in Brady. You know, he, he did a good job, and I could see how and why. They wanted to make a change, and I thought it was very productive. Defensively, 
they couldn't stop fucking Mahomes. They they just couldn't stop him. So had had and I I thought about this too, but had for example the Bills made that field goal, and this is kind of crazy, but had they made the field goal, then you would have if you were to have the Chief, if you left Mahomes any time, he would have come back down on your ass and got it right back. He did it in 13 fucking seconds last time. Now, I get it. That's not normal, but we've seen him do it before. It's not hard, and our defense is just not there. It's not. When you look at the Ravens and what makes them so great is that they have a lockdown D. They shut down, uh, I mean, anyone from Stroud to, to uh, what do you call it, Brock Purdy. I mean, they made Brock Purdy look like a mere mortal. And it's just pressure and pressure and pressure. The Bills don't have that at this point. It's just not there. But you lose a game like this, and you understand where they were compromised. And it's like, okay, well, Onward, upward, we'll figure out what we have to do to go ahead and get better. All right, today's daily hustle. Electronic email communication. I'm going to put a link on IG today for a way to sign up for the DH. For whatever reason, it's just kind of, it goes out. I mean, 15,000 people, it's just it's kind of stayed stagnant. I'd like to get more into the fray. I do think that it's important that if we have a good message to share, hey, we spread the message, we share the message, and I'd appreciate if you do get the emails, if you guys would forward them on and encourage people to sign up, that would be awesome. Okay, Buenos Dias, today is Tuesday, January 23rd. If you're wondering where the suck your daily hustle has been, it's been chilling in Mexico, kicking ass on the pickleball court, ripping water bikes, Around the Mar de Cortez, taking on national arm wrestling champs. Story for another daily hustle. And drinking fine tequilas. Daily hustle, quote of the day. If everyone is moving forward together, then success takes care of itself. Henry Ford. Daily hustle translation. Down in Mexico, we had a crew of eight dudes that are all very similar level players. And we gleefully beat up on each other the entire time, knocking out some intensely awesome pickleball games. At the end of the trip, after over 50 games in four days, we came out of the pickle trenches and sat on the beach discussing whether or not to drink the Sotol with a creepy white snake in it. And if we were actually getting any better at this pickleball thing, the consensus was split on the slithering snake juice. That fucker was staring at me. But we all agreed that although we can't always notice our improvements right away, we certainly have taken a lot of baby steps that has led to and will continue to lead to massive strides as individuals and even more importantly, collectively as a group. Bottom line is no matter if it's pickleballers, baseball players, students, or a sales team, when we work together, by relentlessly challenging each other, iron will sharpen iron, just as our dude Hank suggests. So long as we keep moving forward together, whatever progress and success we may be chasing will inevitably 
take care of itself. EB. P.S. to pick up a limited edition copy of the brand new Let Them Play book. Click pick below. Officially, the book will not be released till February, but we have a small batch. We are selling through ericburns.com now. They will sell out soon, and when they're gone, they're gone. And as USA Baseball President John C. Gall suggests, this book is a must-read for any coach, parent, or player at any level, period. Go to ericburns.com, pick up the book, pick up 20. I don't know how many we have left. I do know I just got a shipment here of about 50 books. And then Amanda Pan, a can of worms out in San Diego, has a couple hundred. They're going to sell out. They will be gone. And like I said, when they go, they gone. So again, if you have a kid that's playing, if you're a parent yourself, uh, or you just want to, now obviously a coach, but just diving into that realm of things, I think kind of has allowed a whole different perspective on how we get the most out of our kids. It's as simple as that. That's what the philosophy is. And this isn't me preaching to you guys. And yeah, you know, we were careful to call it, whether it's a guide or, you know, codes of conduct is, is what we have, but this is something that we collectively as an organization have put together. And I truly feel like it can help obviously not only baseball players, but this transcends the youth baseball world. It could go into any other youth sports and well beyond, by the way, John Gall, president of USA baseball. What a title. It's my cousin. He's coming up here on Thursday and we are going to do a, the audiobook version of let them play a coaching and parenting guide to youth sports on no filter. That's right. For, I, I won't say the first time ever, but I've never heard of an audiobook that's been recorded with video and we're going to do it. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to fucking read. It's not long. I wouldn't do this for a long ass book, but short one. Good. Uh, so hundred, I think like 110 pages, but after each chapter, I'm going to bring John on and we're going to have these conversations. And again, it's all about trying to figure out the absolute best way to put not only our kids in a position to succeed, but ourselves as parents, coaches, and obviously. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The team. Okay, huge, huge. I see sports week, whatever you want to call it tonight, the baseball hall of fame is going to be revealed 2024 hall of fame election results will be revealed tonight on MLB network. It says who will comprise the baseball hall of fame class of 2024 Jim Leland 
who helmed the Pirates, Marlins, Rockies, and Tigers over an illustrious 22-year managerial career, was voted in by the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee last month. Today, we'll find out who will be joining him for the Baseball Writers Association of America Hall of Fame ballot. The official announcement will air live at 6 p.m. from Cooperstown on MLB Network. The question isn't if anyone else will join Leland on stage this summer in upstate New York when this year's class is inducted on July 21st. It's how many. Remember a couple years ago, it was if, and I think they ended up getting none. It says, here are the answers to the pressing questions heading into the big announcement. Number one, how can I watch? Okay, you watch the MLB Network. It says exclusive coverage of the 2024 BBWA Hall of Fame announcement will begin at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Jesus, a little early, guys. Damn. Leading up to the reveal of the results by Hall of Fame President Josh Radich at 6 p.m. Josh is a buddy of mine, by the way. He was uh, with the Diamondbacks for a long time. So, good on Josh. Josh actually called me not that long ago. It was last summer. They wanted to do a viewing of the Banana Ball documentary out in Cooperstown. So, we were trying to make it happen, and yeah, didn't happen, but who cares? Uh, maybe next time. I got to get out there, though. I, I've heard it's just <laughs> really cool experience. Okay, it says, who's on the ballot? There are 26 candidates on this year's ballot. The returnees with the 2023 election percentage listed in parentheses are Bobby Abreu, Carlos Beltran, Mark Burley, Todd Helton, Tori Hunter, Andrew Jones, Andy Pettit, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Francisco Rodriguez, K-Rod, Jimmy Rollins. Gary Sheffield, Omar Vizquel, and Billy Wagner. First-timers, Jose Batista, former teammate of mine, Elise Felicidades, Adrian Beltre, Bartolo Colon, Adrian Gonzalez, Matt Holiday, Victor Martinez, Joe Maurer, Brandon Phillips, Jose Reyes, James Shields, Chase Utley, and David Wright. It says, who has the best chance in election? Beltre, by far, has the best chance of being elected and this is first year on the ballot among the public ballots that have been revealed in Ryan Thibodeau's Hall of Fame tracker. Beltre has received 99% of the vote. Holy shit. Meanwhile, Maurer's numbers among voters who revealed their ballots so far have been surprisingly strong, getting 83.5% of the vote. Now, remember, it's 75% that you have to get to get inducted. Two other candidates seem to have a chance of election this year. Helton and Wagner both have seen their support among the electorate jump significantly in recent years. Helton's took a quantum leap in 2023 from 52 to 72. Wagner's increased from 51 to 68. Helton has received 82% this year publicly. Billy Wagner's garnered 78%. Given that private ballots tend to bring percentages down, yeah, you got to be careful with that. I do remember that. It could be a close call for Maurer, Helton, and Wagner. While Maurer has nine years of eligibility on the ballot to make it to Cooperstown, Helton has four, and Wagner only has one left. So it says, who's the most interesting first-timer? Chase Utley. His candidacy is intriguing, and how much support he seems to be getting his first year on the ballot. According to Timo's tracker, he's at 40%. It's a big number. According to Anthony... Calamus, 
who works with Thibodeau and tracking the ballots. There's been only one Hall of Fame candidate on the ballot to receive more than 40% on his first ballot, but not eventually get elected. And that was Steve Garvey. That's bullshit, man. Is Garvey in the Hall of Fame or no? He should be. Decades ago, Utley's numbers may have placed him in danger of falling off the ballot entirely by not garnering the requisite 5% to remain eligible. After all, among players with more than 250 homers, 150 steals in a career are names like Dale Murphy, Joe Carter, Ellis Burke, Steve Parker, Daryl Strawberry, Barry Bonds, and Eric Davis. None of them are in the Hall of Fame. That's because the Hall of Fame fucked this up. Come on. Think about the names that you basically... I basically just read a Dale Murphy Hall of Famer, Joe Carter, my mind Hall of Famer, Ellis Burks, damn near Dave Parker. I mean, I have to look at these guys' numbers. Daryl Strawberry, Barry Bonds, absolutely insane. And Eric Davis says none of them are in the hall. And Leslie, by the way, she's reaching out to see if I'm doing a daily hustle today. We're rocking and rolling, Les. Let's go. It says much of Utley's 64.5 career war comes from his defense and the list of players other than Utley who are not in the Hall of Fame despite having 250 homers, 150 steals. And 64 B war is short. Barry Bonds, Rodriguez, Beltron, yada, 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 whatever. Anyhow, the Baseball Hall of Fame voting will be revealed tonight. So if we do do a deuces wild, we obviously will be breaking down all that. If the reveal is 6 p.m. East Coast time, that would be 3 p.m. We would not come on until about 6 p.m. All right, the Astros introduce Josh Hader. What a fucking deal for relievers. Mm. Relievers used to be an afterthought. Now they're signing five-year, $100 million deals. This is crazy. It says, before he even threw a pitch in a big league game, Josh Hader's life had been impacted by the Astros. He was part of a team which included Lance McCullers Jr., Carlos Correa, Teoscar Hernandez, and Tony Kemp that won the California League title for Houston's high Lancaster Philly in 2014. And a year later, met his wife, Maria, while pitching at AA Corpus Christi. That's why Hader views his return to the Astros organization eight and a half years later after he was traded to the Brewers as a full circle moment. Five years, $95 million. So cool. I had no idea it was an Astro. Quote from Hader, he says, you know how the baseball journey goes. There's a part of your career where things happen for a reason, just for us to be back here and be able to join a great team that's already put together from top down. I think we all share... The same goals and passion that's to win a World Series. And multiple. We're just really excited to be here. Hater a lefty was the Astros minor league pitcher of the year in 2014 after being before being traded to the Brewers in 2015 and a deal that brought Carlos Gomez and Mike Fires to Houston. That wound up being a regrettable one for the Astros for a few reasons, including Hater blossoming into an all-star closer with the Brewers, the Astros began the offseason in dire need for relief pitching. Yeah, hold on a second. Looking back at trades, the Astros don't regret that trade. 
They went on to win multiple World Series. And one of those in what, 2017? Ah, this, and you could make an argument like how much was Carlos Gomez or Mike Fires a part of it. I mean, you know, Fires, Fires definitely contributed. So I love when people want to look back and try to figure out the success of a trade or not. I mean, I, if I'm the organization, you know what I'm looking at? If I traded a dude away and whether he went on to, I, I'm wishing that guy all the best. Right? Like, I don't want him to beat my team, but if I'm trading him away, yeah, go get it. And whatever I do, whatever I get back in return, sometimes there's just so many, there's a huge domino effect. And with that domino effect, it's not necessarily everything that happens to us, but it's how we react. And the Astros essentially have, along with the Dodgers, have turned into a fucking powerhouse, a juggernaut. I mean, this is literally a dynasty. I, it's is it possible to have two dynasties at the same time in baseball? That's a good question. Because if there is, it's the Astros and it's the fucking Dodgers. They're dynasties. When you repeatedly win your division over and over and over and over and over again, and save the shit about the World Series. I get it. And you go back and say the same thing about the Atlanta Braves. There's a reason why you play 162 games in baseball. And that reason is that you're going to get the best team at the end of the season. The differences in skill sets is marginal when you get to that level. So in order to truly find out who's the best, I think the regular season is way more of an indicator than the postseason. The postseason is, hey, who gets hot? Who gets a little lucky? And who's got the gonads to go finish this thing? I get it. I'm not taking anything away from the World Series champs and chasing that ring and bringing it home. Fuck yeah. Look, we went to the playoffs, I think, five different years of my career. 2000, I was on the AC. 2001, 2002, 2003. Missed in 04 on a ball that I hit that got blown back over in the second to last game of the season against the Angels. And I, I ran into a ball in left field. Jeff Devana was the one who caught it. And he said he literally, he, it was out. It was out and it came back. Oh, that was a tough one. Uh, 05, I did not go to the playoffs. 06, I did not go to the playoffs. 07, I did. So I spent a... A ton of time going there. Now, the furthest I got was the National League Championship Series. And looking back upon all of those, it literally was about getting hot at the right time. There wasn't much more to it. And I'm grateful for that experience. But I will tell you, the best teams are the ones that do it for 162. I mean, that, is, that, that is it. Now, does that mean they're the best team at that moment, at the end of the year, no, not necessarily. Like the Giants, many people argue, were nowhere near being the best team any of the three times that they won the championship. Aroldis Chapman is another reliever that ended up signing. Now, he didn't get hater money. Think about this. Would you rather have hater for five years and $100 million? 
or roll this Chapman for one in 10. Like, that's a no-brainer, right? I mean, or what if you said a roll just for five and 50? I mean, that's a huge investment. But for half the money of an average annual value, hater to Chapman, and I get it, Chapman didn't have his best year. He had a ERA around four last year. The dude's a left-handed fucking menace that still throws 100 miles per hour. So I think that's a huge sign for the Pirates. I don't know exactly how they're going to be this year. I know they made a little bit of a run. Last year, they got us all excited at the beginning of the season then completely fell off. Oh, and by the way, speaking of the Dodgers, James Paxton, the former Mariners ace, absolutely filthy left here. This just dealt with one injury after another, has signed a one-year deal with the Dodgers worth $12 million. It looks like he's going to be healthy. You add him with Yamamoto. You add him with Glass now. Holy shit, man. I don't know if this is your replacement for Clayton Kershaw. Or this is how they looked at it. But he is legit. When he's healthy, when he's throwing the ball well, it says here they were looking at his metrics despite his long layoff. Pax has produced solid stat cast metrics in 2023. 24.6% strikeout rate was driven by an above average 27.5% whiff rate. And his expected weighted on base average and expected batting average were above average as well. The left relies heavily on a forcing fastball, 55% usage, strong horizontal movement. He's got that ride through the zone, supplementing the pitch with a curveball at 19% and the cutter at 16. So the Dodgers pick up, packs in the rich, get richer. Okay, uh, Joe. L and B, by the way, we usually don't talk a ton of NBA here in the Daily Hustle. He scored 70 fucking points last night and brought the NBA back to unprecedented tall and big heights. There's an article in The Athletic by David Aldridge. He said, the funny thing was I came here to get some reporting done on Victor Wimbayama on his defense. But the Spurs rookie phenom, like everyone else, at Wells Fargo Center became a bit player Monday, off in the wings like Rosencrantz and Gilderstern, while Joel Embiid did a superstar soliloquy. The first matchup between Embiid, the big man from Cameroon, and Wembayama, the taller man from France, developed into the Joel Embiid show. And his history-making night breaking the 76ers franchise record for points in a game with 70 in Philly's 133 to 123 win over the Spurs. That it came on the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's 81-point game against the Raptors on January 22nd, 2006, was peak NBA. As every pop who follows the association knows, Bryant was one of Embiid's biggest inspirations as he took up basketball as a teenager. Super cool. I mean, damn, man. 70 is a lot. I did drop 56 in an eighth grade basketball game, but we don't have time to get into that right now. Uh, NFC Championship game preview. 
the Lions versus the 49ers. Let's hit some of the odds and line movements and everything going on right now at, at this point. Let's see here. Uh, only four teams remain for the 2024 NFL playoffs leading up to the Super Bowl. On Sunday, the NFL will showcase a doubleheader and the second game of that day will pit the San Francisco 49ers against the Detroit Lions at Levi Stadium. San Francisco will host a game as the number one seed and reach the 2024 NFC Championship game with a close-fought win over the Green Bay Packers. Detroit is the number three seed after winning the NFC Championship. NFC North and prevailing in back-to-back playoff games against the Los Angeles Rams and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kickoff will be at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time in Santa Clara. Okay, we got that out of the way. Now let's get to the important thing, the lines. Joe Giuseppe Pepe Manuele thought the line was going to be like three. And I'm like, dude, no fucking chance. Like, no way. And sure enough, I was right. Usually Joe's not that far off, but he watched the entire Lions game and was so impressed with their performance against the Buccaneers that he thought that it would be a tight line. Johnny Donuts Donati thought the same thing. I told them both they're on crack. The line's going to be seven. And well, sometimes you're right. Lions versus 49ers spread seven. The Lions versus the 49ers OU total, I fear to be 50. It's at 51. The Lions versus the 49ers money line. Niners are minus 318. The Lions are plus 258. Uh, That's a minus 318. I feel comfortable losing. Like you, you always have to ask yourself, would you feel comfortable losing this if, say, for example, you dropped 318 bucks to win 100. And for whatever reason, the Niners did not pull this out and you lose your 318. You're like, well, percentages were certainly in my favor. Obviously, this would be the case in which the Niners just screwed it up. Detroit, the Lions are 7-2 and two against the spread in road games. The Niners, 3-6 and six against the spread in home games. Yeah, I don't necessarily love... The Niners with the seven, but to win the game, yes, I I do. I the, look, they proved it against the Packers. You can win a tight one. You had a tight one. You got to do whatever you can do. Lions versus Niners. Uh, by the way, you can lay all of that action where bet online. That's right. Here's a case on why they think the Lions would cover. Quarterback Jared Goff has thrown for 564 yards, three touchdowns without a turnover in two playoff games, averaging 8.1 yards per attempt and completing a league-leading 74.3% of his passes. The Lions are scoring more than 27 points per game in two postseason contests, and it comes off a regular season in which Detroit was in the top five in points per game, points per drive, yards per game, yards per drive, yards per play, and first downs. Goff is in total command of the passing game, ranking the top four in passing yards, completions, touchdowns, yada, yada, yada. With only 31 sacks allowed in 17 regulars in the games, Detroit also stays ahead of the chains and allows playmakers to capitalize. Okay, that's a nice little case. 
for the Lions. I like Goff. Bay Area guy. Root for him. Would root for him in any other situation. I think his story with how the Rams traded him after leading them to the NFC Championship game and then all of a sudden, you know, they get rid of his ass and here comes Matthew Stafford, leads him to the Super Bowl win. Uh, that's just, it didn't sit well. I I don't know. Anyhow. Uh, so it's inspirational story that Goff would be able to come back and lead his team, you know, especially the Lions. It is that they haven't been here, but Barry Sanders was the last time they got to the NFC Championship and they got fucking steamrolled. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. San Francisco is knowing this is why the Niners will cover this CBS Sports Lines. Okay, San Francisco, known for his offensive brilliance under Shanahan. The 49ers were productive across the board during the regular season. Offensive effectiveness helped the Niners to outscore opponents by more than 10 points per game. And San Francisco is capable of exploding on offense at any moment, particularly with all pro running back Christian McCaffrey as the team's fulcrum, fulcrum on the ground in addition to the offense. However, San Francisco sports the better defense in this matchup by a clear statistical margin. The 49ers allowed 17.5 points per game during the regular season. That's third in the NFL. Opponents also averaged fewer than 305 total yards per game against the 49ers, and the 49ers yielded only five yards per play across 17 games. The 49ers are both solid and opportunistic with the team creating a turnover on 15.5% of possession. Damn, seems high. And ranking the top five in the NFL with 28 takeaways. That includes a league-leading 22 interceptions this season, and the 49ers match up well against Detroit's physical offensive style on the ground. San Francisco gave up only 89.7 rushing yards per game in the regular season, number three in the NFL. And the 49ers rounded out their defensive profile by allowing only 6.4 yards per pass attempt, producing 48 sacks huh it says sports lines model is leaning under in the point total with no pass catcher projected to generate more than 85 receiving yards the model also says one side of the spread hits well over 50 percent of the time so who wins the lions 49ers championship game it says view sport line now fuck sport line we go to bet online that is it. Bet online where the game starts, where the game ends. Don't forget to use the promo code BLEAV, capital B L E A V. I think the Niners will. I, the more I think about this one, they're too good. And they had their scare last week. I get it. They're not going to be scared if they get into another situation in which. This is going to be a tight game. Is Debo Samuel an X-Factor? You're fucking damn right he is. I don't know what the latest prognosis is with him, but they got to get him healthy. If not, is that an end-all, be-all game changer? No. This isn't a quarterback. The quarterback's the only guy on the field. They could lose Christian McCaffrey, knock on wood, and still win a Super Bowl. Could they lose Brock Purdy and still win a Super Bowl? The answer to that is no. 
That's how impactful a QB is. Okay, final story here of the day. And you guys know we're a life optimization podcast. And this is a life optimization story. A young girl was taken by a shirtless Jason Kelsey. Hold on. Let me start this up. This is a life optimization story. And the article starts with young girl taken by shirtless Jason Kelsey. There is something disturbing about this. Now, the rest of the headline says to meet Taylor Swift. And it was amazing. So don't always get stuck in the headlines. In her wildest dreams, Ella Piazza believed that she was going to meet Taylor Swift, the eight-year-old from Penfield, New York, went viral after a shirtless Jason Kelsey helped her wave at the superstar during Sunday's Bills Chiefs game in Buffalo. She said, I was thinking positive, but some of my friends weren't that positive. So what happened is this girl goes to the game with her mom and they're sitting on the opposite side of Highmark Stadium from where Swift and Kelsey family members and their friends were watching the game, but Jessica's friend was sitting under the suite in that section. And she suggested that, hey, look, let's swap at halftime. They made a sign that read Buffalo Bills plus Taylor Swift equals best first game ever. That got Jason Kelsey's attention. This is cool. Quote, it was halftime and a lot of people had left their seats to go to the bathroom or get a drink or whatever. So we just tried climbing up higher and higher, Jessica recalled. It was really Ella who was forging the path. When people saw her sign, everyone started helping her. It was really cute. That's a great sign. That's when the shirtless Philadelphia Eagles center decided to hop into the stands and spotted the third grader. Then came over here and he picked me up. And then I saw Taylor Ellis said, it was like amazing. This is really cool. The NFL star held her so that the anti-hero singer seated in the suite could read the sign. Just fucking awesome, man. Ella, who was clad in Bill's colors, waved to Swift. And then she and the Eagles star posed for a picture he was so kind to her jessica said about kelsey who shares three girls with his wife kylie i was just so thankful that he gave her a chance to see taylor because she was she was standing up there at the top of the bleachers with her sign just waiting and hoping and so brave she climbed all the way to the top after the experience a long time bills fans described her daughter as being in absolute heaven and the happiest i've ever seen her she still probably doesn't realize what a big star Jason Kelsey is. She just couldn't believe she saw Taylor the rest of the game. She was on cloud nine. Swiss boyfriend Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs went on to beat the Buffalo Bills 27-24. <laughs>
securing them a spot in the AFC Championship game. Look, say what you want about either one, uh, Travis or Jason. They're fucking great dudes. I had an opportunity to hang out with Travis a couple different days. Back in the day, I think Arizona Super Bowl 2015, he was a rookie or a second-year player. And was awesome then. Seems super cool now. Obviously, his life's changed a bit. His brother, with everything that he's done in the community, just this act here alone, backed up with the pounding the beer at the Phillies game and firing up their crowd. He's just a fucking dude. That's it. Just a dude with three daughters and a heart. And he made that girl's life to this point. All right. Back at you tomorrow or possibly tonight. Hold on a second. Hold tight because breaking news. Hey, brother, I'm all ready to go for tonight and no filter. Make sure you send me the link. Will Clark. Deuces wild tonight, 6 p.m. Awesome. Uh, as always, get out of here on a little James Allen. Let's see. Open up to a random page. We are first and foremost always a life optimization podcast. There is no physician like cheerful thought for dissipating the ills of the body. There is no comforter to compare with goodwill for dispersing the shadows of grief and sorrow to live continually in thoughts of ill will cynicism suspicion and envy is to be confined in self-made prison hole but to think well of all to be cheerful with all to patiently learn to find the good in all such unselfish thoughts are the very portals of heaven and to dwell day by day in thoughts of peace toward every creature will bring abounding peace to their possessor. James Allen, as a man thinketh. All right, everyone have a great day. We will see you tonight. Deuce is wild. I'm going to schedule that now. Have a great day. Shit!